If you had one piece of advice for a person who wants to succeed in your field, and you can take your field as you can define that however you want, uh, what would it be? Well, if succeed means to actually, in the end, have some positive impact on the world, as opposed to just stirring things up in some mm -hmm. random way, I'd say not being too not being too eager to jump to some extreme neat view and and then defend it no matter what but to maybe be more willing to have a kind of uh, composite objective function to be able to maintain different basic worldviews at the same time and in superposition as it were uh keep an open mind about mm. things and uh, to be able to entertain radical crazy ideas but still continue to act in a sensible way in the real world recognizing that probably the really cool crazy ideas to one person will be different from the cool crazy ideas of another person and probably all of them with the benefit of hindsight in the future will seem kind of to have been only partial truths or or maybe dead ends and so to have that kind of basic epistemic modesty but still being really curious to try to figure out little pieces here and there so it's a kind of attitude that I think makes it less likely people would go down some completely catastrophically wrong alley and then find themselves unable to turn back. Mm. That that might be too kind of vague. If 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 the idea is more concretely, what should you study? What should you do? Then and then, like I guess that would be a different kind of answer. But you said rapid fire questions. So yeah, no, that's uh, that's good. That's interesting. What if anything do you wish you had done differently in your twenties or thirties? Well, I guess there are things that maybe I wish I'd had the ability to do differently in that there is now a, a much better infrastructure for this kind of work. That is whole organizations with a lot of smart people working on this and it's easier mm. to work than, than than at the beginning. This this was a kind of fringy thing and you have to, so as an, a young academic, I had to try to work on some things that would both be relevant to the things I was really interested, but would also sort of tick the boxes of a normal academic career. So. Something like the simulation argument. Obviously, I'm interested in it because of what it might tell us about our place in the world. But it also could just be viewed as a sort of interesting little piece of analytic philosophy that reveals some paradoxical thing, right? And so, but, but if, if one doesn't have to satisfy for these two different uh, constraints at the same time, I could just go full out on, on what one really thinks is important that would be desirable. I, I mean, I think that would be a lot of micro advice in, in my life, like, oh, these, these things you should eat, these things, these tools mm. you should use. That, that I, I sometimes have these fantasies. If I could go back in time, maybe even earlier, maybe even to myself, you know, as an early teenager or something like that, and give some guidance, that, that would be pretty cool. Although I'm not sure when I was a teenager, I would really have wanted to receive some time traveler from the future, spoiling the whole experience for me. Right. Think, right. Uh, like the... the uh, the openness of the future, like uh, when when you're young, has, has a certain uh, allure to it. So what about now? So now you're open to such guidance. Imagine yourself 10 years from now returns and tells you what you will regret doing too much of or little of now at this point in your life. What, what do you think that message would be? Uh, well, if I knew, then I mean, I'd start doing things not, differently. Right? Not necessarily. You could be just discounting uh, your future self too steeply. I tend to be fairly kind of long-term oriented in my own life and almost the opposite. So, so the economists view, tend to assume that people have this time discount thing, right? So you would rather have a given benefit today than tomorrow and rather tomorrow than the next year. Right. I, I'm not sure. Like I, 
if I could, I think I might rather like want to save up the good things. And I'd rather have a life that sort of started bad and like ended great rather than a life that sort of started great and then went downhill. Do you find yourself to be unusual in the degree to which you can take a, a long time horizon for your, for your own gratification and, and goal setting? Or I mean, do you find yourself having to uh, resist the allure of uh, present rewards that you will regret having squandered your attention on? I don't know how unusual. I mean, probably not extremely unusual. I mean, I, I, I kind of like, sorry, like eating. I like, I, like, I like my vegetables now, so it's not really a sacrifice. I, I don't particularly feel like craving for uh, chocolate pies and whatnot. M might be just lucky not to, do, to be tempted by some of these short-term things r rather than there being some very robust, hmm. super strong ego that is able to override a lot of these things. All right, well, should we find ourselves in a lifeboat with only one slice of chocolate pie, then I'm claiming the pie. <laughs> what negative experience, one that you would not wish to repeat, has most profoundly changed you for the better? For the better? Uh, I mean, it might be some earlier period of suffering maybe made me more compassionate than I would probably have been otherwise. Does anyone come to mind, or um, you're just generically... Some. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, as as uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of some some stage in my uh, yeah teenage late yeah late teenage years. Mm. This now, this is something that we basically spent the entire podcast on, but maybe there's a a single noun that you want to promote. What worries you most about our collective future? It can be answered at different levels of abstraction. I mean, I think in general, the, the more our instrumental capacities grow, the, the, the more power we have over nature. So nature becomes a relatively less part of the threat uh, and, and other agents become a relatively larger part of what could go wrong. So in general, conflict between extremely technologically empowered agents would be a big source of potential woe. Hmm. And so things that can reduce the likelihood of that or ameliorate the effects of that would seem to be among the more robustly positive things one could strive for. If you could solve just one mystery as a scientist or philosopher, what would it be? Well, figuring out what, what, what the heck we should be doing, or in particular, what I should be doing, uh, that is all things considered, you know, the wisest course of action. That, uh, that, to me, that's like the master question, the one that ultimately matters more than mm. other questions combined. Mm. If you could resurrect one person from history and put them in our world today and give them the benefit of a modern education, who would you bring back? Huh. Well, um, hmm. just one? There's so many one would want to rescue from... One, one to the team. From their demise and like for different reasons, different people, like some, some were maybe untreated unfairly and one would want to give them a second shot, like others might actually be able to contribute usefully to our world. Privilege the latter, the, not to... Uh rectify some un unfairness, but just to actually add them to the team because their contribution would be likely be so useful. Okay. So it's probably not, not necessarily the, what, what I would settle on on reflection, but just like some initial person that springs to mind, like mm -hmm. Bertrand Russell would be pretty cool if he were still around. Yeah. But I think there would be a lot of other people going further back in time as well that you, know, you, just, you just feel the loss of. I mean... Yeah, in, in so many different walks of life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it would be hard to just pick one.
All right, so the final question, the Jurassic Park question. If we're in a position to recreate the T-Rex, should we do it? I haven't actually analyzed that question. T-Rex. Yeah, the, the fun one. And so then he, w- he would live in a big theme park and, and eat a lot of carcasses of horses and cows and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. one would hope it would be limited to that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's been these... Some question resurrected the, the great woolly mammoth, right? I, I think yeah. that would be kind of cool if up in northern Canada there were these herds walking around. Yeah, no, but I want to know about the T-Rex. Yeah, the T-Rex. I mean, it, it seems like maybe not the most obvious candidates to add to our crew here on Earth. Like, uh-huh. do we need more, like, bloodthirsty? Assuming he was a predator, I've heard some claims that might have actually lived on, on carcasses and been a scavenger. Uh-huh. But if, 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 the, if the popular stereotype of T-Rex is this archetype of bloodthirsty predator, I, I'm not sure that that's the kind of, when, when we're thinking about what, what, who we, what kind of thing we want to create in the future, our thoughts should first and foremost go to T-Rex. Right, right. Your intuitions differ from uh, Richard Dawkins there. R- Richard was, uh, I, think, I, I, I think I agreed with Richard as well. I think it's just too much fun to uh, the, the prospect of seeing a at least a single t-rex in the flesh but uh you know and, and i think we could bet on our our ability to build a an appropriate fence but yeah and i'm thinking more the symbolism of it yeah yeah well that's true um yeah it sort of brings us back to the roman games in some weird way as opposed to something more enlightened 